Let's, uh, let's welcome Dave. Uh, before we get started, I am going to follow a little bit of a nudge. invite you to uh, put your hands out. You don't have to, but um, I want to invite you just to kind of maybe open up your hands. I'm going to sing this song over you. My faithful Father, enduring friend, your tender mercies like a river with no time I come into your presence, I stand in wonder once again, cause your grace still amazes me, your love Still a mystery each day. I fall on my knees. Cause your grace still amazes me. Your grace still amazes me. God, this morning we just acknowledge that your grace is mind-blowing. Thank you that your grace gives us favor that we don't deserve. Thank you that we get things that we don't deserve because of your grace. It's by by grace that we're saved through faith. So nobody could brag about getting into heaven by their own good works. we just want to say this morning that your grace is still amazing to us. And thank you, Lord, that your grace isn't just giving us what we don't deserve, but it's also Holy Spirit empowerment that helps us be who we were made to be and do what we were made to do. And as I look through uh, the, the scriptures, it's really obvious that grace is is released in our lives when we humble ourselves. So we just humble ourselves before you now and ask that you'd speak to us in Jesus' name. Can you join me and say amen? Yeah, really good to be with you this morning. Thank you for the invitation. And so far, thanks for putting up with me. 
We'll see if we'll see if you continue to do so. Also, uh, you sir in the back, great haircut, love that, great vibe. What's your name? Greg. Craig. Craig with a C. Let's go. Craig has good taste. All right. Well, so good to be with you this morning. I think for the last few weeks we've been talking about hearing the voice of God. And have you been enjoying this, this concept of learning how to hear the voice of God? Can I get a, I kind of like a little bit of interaction. So maybe a grunt or a nod or something that lets me know you're alive and awake. Great. <clears throat> While I was preparing, I felt like somebody needed to hear this, uh, but they didn't need to hear it from me. They needed to hear it from God. And so I'm going to read this um, over you, and then maybe we can find out if you're brave uh, who it's for at the end. The Lord uh, pointed this out to me. He said, read this over them. Psalm 23. The Lord is my shepherd. I have all that I need. He lets me rest in green meadows and leads me beside peaceful streams. He renews my strength and guides me along right paths, bringing honor to His name. And when I walk through the darkest valley, I will not be afraid because you're close beside me. Your rod and your staff comfort and protect me. You prepare a feast for me in the presence of my enemies. And you honor me by anointing my head with oil. My cup overflows with blessings. Surely your goodness and unfailing love will pursue me all the days of my life. And I'll live in the house of the Lord forever. Is that for anybody this morning? I could have missed it. I, I, I have been known to miss it before. But if that was for you, would you mind letting me see who you are? Yeah. Okay. I'm just going to pray this over the three of you. Any of you can get in on this, by the way. But... Um, Maybe instead of just listening to me pray, maybe you can join with me and pray at the same time. God can handle multiple people praying at the same time, thank goodness. So let's pray this over them. God, we ask that you would shepherd these three people. Give them all that they need. Let them rest in green meadows and lead them beside peaceful streams. Lord, would you renew their strength? Would you guide them along right paths and bring honor to your name while you do so? God, when they're walking through the darkest valley they've ever walked through or yet another dark valley, we ask that they would not be afraid because their eyes would be open to your proximity, that they would understand that you are close beside them. They're not alone. And so they don't have to be afraid. And they're not just not just simply not alone, 
the best option to go through a dark valley, the best person to walk through a season like that is you. God, would you cause your rod and your staff to protect and comfort them? Would you prepare a feast for them in the presence of their enemies? Honor them by anointing their head with oil. Cause their cup to overflow with blessings. And God, would you make your goodness and your unfailing love pursue them every day of their life so that they can live in the house of the Lord forever. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen? Amen. I'm not sure all of the details of what Mark and others have been covering in this, and so some of this might be a bit redundant, some of it might be brand new, some of it might be stuff that you've already learned, but you're going to hear again, you lucky ducks. But just like my 10th grade trigonometry teacher told us every single day in class, repetitio est mater studiorum. Every day, man. Every single day. He would start, he had these big bushy eyebrows that were totally uncapped. They were amazing. And every day he would start out by saying, repetition is the mother of all learning. So if you've heard this 20 times before, it's good for you to hear it again. Um, what are some ways that you've learned to hear God's voice? I'm, we're going to do a little interaction. I'm not going to take the mic off, but yeah, go ahead, Dave. Music. Beautiful. Excellent. How else? How else? Yes. The Word. Yes. How else? The church. Good. How else? Through other people. Through a testimony. That's right. What does the Bible say about a testimony? Remember? The, that the enemy is defeated by the blood of the Lamb and the word of our testimony. Yes. What else? How else can you hear the voice of God? Through creation. Absolutely. It's good. How else? The still small voice. Yes. Your conscience, essentially. That thing when you're about to do something is like, no, don't do it. Don't do it. And then you're like, ah, I'll just do it anyway. That's a, that's a bummer. And that, that little voice can get seared. It can get like so numb if we disregard it like frequently. It becomes less clear, doesn't it, over time? Anybody ever been in a season like that? It's like, oh man, I made so many bad decisions back to back to back to back that it felt like I couldn't even hear my conscience anymore. Anybody? I've definitely been there. Yeah, for sure. Okay, how else can you hear God's voice? From the mouth of babes. Why isn't that true? Beautiful. How else? Holy Spirit? Yes. Great. That's right. That still small voice. Yes. That little nudge. Good. How else? Through preachers? Yes. Very good. Any others? I'm sure there's a bunch. Anybody ever been driving down the road and you literally see a road sign or a bumper sticker and God's like, hey man, he's like just borrowing somebody's back bumper of the car to speak directly to you. I saw one bumper sticker that said, 
I hope you follow Jesus this closely. That cracked me up. God didn't speak to me through that, of course. I totally rode that guy all day, all the way to work. Just kidding. God can speak to us through a bunch of different ways. And I have, over the last hmm, maybe 20 years, really tried to lean into this particular concept of hearing God's voice. Sometimes I have, by the grace of God, heard correctly. Sometimes I have heard so wrong, uh, like stunningly wrong, incredibly wrong. And um, one of the things that strikes me about hearing God's voice is it involves practice. It's not just like this natural skill, just like anything else, getting to know his voice requires practice. And so how in the world do you do it? Well, I've noticed there's a couple of primary ways that God has spoken to me over the years. One is through this kind of the the Spirit of God, the Holy Spirit speaking in my heart. It sounds like my conscience. Sometimes it sounds even like a voice in my head or something like that. But it has regularly, I've kind of like learned over time to differentiate between just my voice and my thoughts and God's voice and his thoughts. So the first question is, how in the world do you differentiate that? And the easy, simple answer is, you hang out with Jesus a bunch. Like, if you spend time with somebody, you get to know their voice. Jesus said, my sheep know my voice. Is there anybody in your life, if they called you from an unknown number and they just said, hey, how you doing? Hey, Craig, how you doing? You'd know exactly who it was, first thing. Anybody, Craig? Who is it? One. Doug Gary. Okay, so Doug calls you up and he's like, what's up, man? And you're like, Doug. Just because you've spent a ton of time, you know the texture, the tone, the sound of that guy's voice. It's the exact same with Jesus. If you want to get to know the sound, the texture, the tone of his voice, you've got to spend time with him. Something that our culture isn't particularly stoked about doing. You know, they're not like, dude, I want to go hang out with Jesus for my spare time. This is, that sounds awesome. Most of us are like, uh, let's jump on and flip the, the screen in front of us. And that, this isn't, by the way, a shame thing. I do the same thing. But it's interesting. Culturally, we're a little bit apathetic and sleepy right now. We're not really like, you know, going after Jesus. And so it would make sense that discerning his voice from somebody else's voice would be difficult. But the principle is still true. If you hang out with somebody a lot, you'll get to know their voice right when they speak. So even though I haven't been perfect and I'm not a pro at this, I have spent quite a bit of time with Jesus and over the years have been able to differentiate between his voice, my voice, and the voices of others. But this is what I've noticed. I've noticed that my ability to discern his voice versus my voice versus other people's voice is directly connected to the amount of time that I spend in the word. I don't, know about, I don't know if you know this, but Jesus and his word are the same. It says in John chapter 1, in the beginning was the word, the word was with God, the word was God. Skip down a few verses, I think verse 14, it says the word became flesh and dwelt among us full of grace and truth. Jesus and his word are the same. Did you know that you and your word are the same? 
You can't separate you from your word any more than you can separate Jesus from his word. So the more time that, I'm not talking about like, you know, uh, just checking off the boxes or some kind of religious practice. Like, yes, I did the Bible through the year program, which by the way, I love that type of stuff because it's helpful and gives rhythm and kind of some, some boundaries and um, some structure, which is needed. But what I'm talking about is I'm not just talking about spending time in the word in the Bible. I'm talking about spending time with the word, which is a person, which is Jesus. So Jesus and his word are the same. What I've noticed is my ability to discern what God is saying in my life is directly connected to the amount of time that I hang out with the word. And I've noticed that when I'm not spending a bunch of time there, it gets weird. It gets hard to discern. (coughs) (coughs) Excuse me. (coughs) Okay, here we go. (coughs) Sorry. (coughs) Cat got my tongue. Thanks, John. Thank you in advance. You're probably going to the restroom, but on the, on the chance that you're getting me a, a drink, thank you so much. I totally just voluntold him to get me a drink. John, thank you so much. Appreciate it. Voluntold, did you like that? Yeah. So probably the most consistent way that I've heard God's voice is through his word. So what I'm going to do, just for a couple of minutes, because we've got to get going here pretty quick, is... I want to teach you something. Thank you so much, buddy. Oh, a bottle even? Let's go. How long do these church services go? Usually 20 hours? Thanks, dude. Thank you so much. Um, I'll, I'll thank you again, just in case I hack up a lung. Bless you. What I'm going to show you is something that I do at home. It's something that I do in the car. It's something that I do getting ready in the morning. It's something that I do getting ready to go to bed at night. You can do this literally anywhere. And it's super simple. It's ancient. It's an ancient practice. It's an old practice that's really beautiful. But it really helps you dial in hearing from God. At least it has helped me tremendously. Um, as a result of doing this. So what I'm going to do is I'm simply going to read the Bible to you. Easy practice, but here's the thing. While I read these different verses, we all have a tendency to kind of zone out from time to time. You know what I mean? And it's just like, oh my gosh, when is this going to be done? Or you just think about, you know, our brains are busy and so we think about different things. What I want to invite you to do, and this is kind of weird, but I want to invite you to posture your mindset or your attitude in this, uh, in this concept of expectancy. So this is weird, but try this. Grab your hands, put them up on your kneecaps. Of course, you don't have to do this, but give it a shot. It probably won't kill you. Thank you, Mark, and thank you for these mints. I'm getting the royal treatment up here. Man, I should hack up a lung up here more often. Pretty soon I'm going to have some grapes and... Somebody up here fanning me? Yes, that would be amazing. I love this. 
Thank you so much for your servant hearts and for, for your friendship and for helping me. Okay, hands, kneecaps, lean forward just slightly. Open your eyes up and smile. Okay, oh, great picture. This would have been an awesome group picture, okay? This would be a posture of expectancy. It's like you're, you're open, you're leaning, you're ready, right? Now, sit back in your chairs, grab one of these, and do one of these with your eyes. It's kind of like, have you ever been in this environment where, you, where somebody's talking to you and you're just like, that ain't it, chief. <laughs> nope, not open. This is expectation. This is what all of us have. We all have our little boxes. You were talking about it earlier. We all have this, man. We all have expectations where we're just like, all right, if my little boxes get checked, yeah, it was a good day. But Jesus isn't asking us to live lives of expectation. He's inviting us to live lives of expectancy where you're just like leaning in and you're going, hey, where are you, God? What are you saying? What are you doing in this moment? That's an interesting way to live. It's an interesting mindset to have. So over the next 90 minutes when I read to you, just kidding, there was a gasp across the room. Over the next couple of minutes as I read some verses to you, what I want to invite you to do is just lean in with some expectancy in your heart toward God because you're about ready to hear from Him. I'm not going to read a ton because you, I, like, you're about to hear from God. I don't know if it's the word you want, but you are going to hear from him because I'm going to keep my opinions out of it and I'm just going to read his thoughts and his word. And you're going to hear from him right now. It's so good. Okay, so whatever posture you need to get into physically or mentally or whatever, let's pray. Holy Spirit, you're the spirit of revelation. and In other words, you like to open up our eyes to see things we've never seen before that add value to us, that advance your kingdom, that bring glory to your name. So if you would, be merciful to us and gracious to us and allow us to hear with open hearts what you're saying to us this morning. Man, we'd appreciate that so much. In John chapter 15, Jesus said this. These are the words of Jesus. He said, you didn't choose me. I chose you. And I appointed you. I appointed you so you could go and bear fruit. The type of fruit that remains. And whatever you ask, of the Father in my name, He may give it to you. You hear that? I'm going to read it again. Jesus said, You didn't choose me. I chose you. And I appointed you. I appointed you to go and bear fruit. Fruit that remains. So whatever you ask the Father... In my name, he may give it to you.
Romans chapter 10 says, the word is near you. It's in your mouth. It's in your heart. That is the word of faith which we preach. That if you confess with your mouth that Jesus is Lord and believe in your heart that God raised Him from the dead, you'll be saved. For with the heart, one believes unto righteousness. And with the mouth, confession is made unto salvation. Because the Scripture says, whoever believes in Jesus will not be disappointed. Who? These are the words of Jesus. <clears throat> in partnership with the Apostle Paul in 2 Corinthians chapter 5. He says, Therefore, if anyone is in Christ, he is a new creation. The old things have passed away. Behold, all things have become new. But all things are of God who, have, who has reconciled us to himself. Through Jesus. And he gave us a ministry. It's the ministry of reconciliation. Namely, that God was in Christ reconciling the world to himself, not reckoning to them their trespasses. Oh, I have to read that again. It's so good. Listen to this, man. This is crazy. It said, God reconciled himself us to himself through Jesus and gave us a ministry of reconciliation. He said, namely, that God was in Christ reconciling the word world to himself, not reckoning them their trespasses. Just like John said in, or Jesus said in John chapter 3, I didn't come into the world to condemn the world. I came so that you could have life. God is reconciling the world to himself through Jesus. Therefore, we are ambassadors on behalf of Jesus. As though God were entreating by us. We beg you on behalf of Christ, be reconciled to God. Because Jesus, who knew no sin, was made to be sin on our behalf. So that in him we could become right with God. Listen to this one in Matthew chapter 5. You are the salt of the earth. You. Put your hand on your chest or somewhere on, on your and say, I am the salt of the earth. You're a follower of Jesus. You're the salt of the earth. That's what Jesus said. He, then he said, if the salt loses its flavor, then how, how's the earth going to be salted? It's, it's good for nothing. It's going to be cast out and trodden under the feet of men. Then he said this, you are the light of the world. Put your hand on your chest and say, I'm the light of the world. Does that feel weird? Because we all know that Jesus is the way, the truth, the life. We know that he is the light. But did you know that he said, you are the light of the world? And then he, he keeps going. He says, a city located on a hill can't be hidden. You can't 
light a lamp, put it under a basket, you put it on a stand, and then it shines light to everybody in the house. Even so, let your light shine before people so they can see your good works and glorify God who's in heaven. Maybe it's a little bit easier the second time. Say, I am the light of the world. That's what Jesus said. Say it this way. Jesus said, I'm the light of the world. Jesus said, I'm the salt of the earth. Jesus said that I should let my light shine before people. Oh, it's getting weak, everybody. (laughs) Try it again. Jesus said, I should shine my light before people. So they could see my good works and bring glory to God. Huh. one that I'm going to read today is this. It's in Ephesians chapter 6. It says, Be strong in the Lord in the strength of His might. Put on the whole armor of God so you can stand against the wiles of the devil, against powers, against the world's rulers, the darkness of this age, and against spiritual forces of wickedness in the heavenly places. Therefore, put on the whole armor of God so you can withstand in the evil day and having done all to stand. Stand, therefore, having the utility belt of truth buckled around your waist, having put on the breastplate of righteousness and having fitted your feet with the preparation of the gospel of peace or the good news of peace. And above all, take up the shield of faith with which you're able to quench the fiery darts of the wicked one. Take the helmet of salvation and the sword of the Spirit, which is the Word of God. And with all prayer and requests, praying at all times in the Spirit, and being watchful to this end in all perseverance or perseverance and requests for all the saints. Then then Paul says this, On my behalf, pray that utterance would be given to me. When I open up my mouth, I could boldly make known the mystery of the good news, for which I am an ambassador in chains, and that I could speak boldly as I ought to. So when I was preparing, the word that came up to me was go, go, go. And part of it's because at this time of year, people are really open. They're, they're, I would say, more open during this time of year than maybe in the majority of the year. They're open to Jesus. So how in the world are they going to hear anything if we don't go? So, you know, I had one, uh, somebody asked me this question. They're like, who are you actively praying for to encounter Jesus? Like, which individual people? I was like, oh boy. I pray for a lot of Jesus people. I pray for my family. I pray for a bunch of my friends. 
But I, I was struck by that because we're not just called to like set up a little holy club. Like Jesus wants to love on everybody. He's not willing that anyone should perish, but that everybody would get in the family. And so I'm just sitting there going, huh, yeah, that's weird. And I think that going back to what I talked about earlier, culturally, we're getting all sucked into things like phones and screens and scrolling and stuff like that. And it's not just that. It's just busyness of life or... Um, sometimes it's the acquisition of assets or it's your job or it's figuring out what your you know week looks like or whatever. We just, we're busy. We've got a lot of stuff going on and there isn't necessarily this cultural hunger to hang out with Jesus, to listen to his voice, to lean in. And if there is that, it usually comes with some kind of weird shame or shoulds or guilt or something like that, which nobody wants to hang out with somebody that you feel shamed into hanging out with them. Can I get an amen on that? But it's interesting because Jesus is like, my family, like one of, one of our values is we go. And I don't know if you know what that means, but go means change your location. If you go somewhere, you're going to have to leave where you are and you're going to have to go there. So when he says, go into all the world and preach the gospel, it's like, what does that mean? And I don't know if I can do that. Well, it's real easy. It, I mean, conceptually easy. You let your light shine before people. You don't have to be a jerk to do that. That's good news. You can actually be kind and let your light shine before people. They'll see your good works and they'll glorify God in heaven. Let's go. So Jesus is like, hey, everybody, uh, tell you what, we got to go. <clears throat> Can't just gather. It's easy to get complacent, but I want you to go. <clears throat> so I want to throw out this idea to you. You can take it, check it out the window, or you can keep it. But I wonder if there's somebody that comes to your mind, or maybe you can ask God, like, who can I pray for that doesn't know Jesus yet? And then how can I love on them? You don't even have to like love on them toward the eventual conversation of trying to convert them or whatever. Like you can just love on them. That, that conversation is going to come up. Because you're going to be you and they're going to be them and eventually they're going to be like, so what's up with you? And you'll tell them. So, in Jesus' name, go. Go into your lives into your jobs, into your homes. Be gracious. Kind. Shine the light of Jesus. You're the light of the world. Shine. You're the salt of the earth. Be salty. I'm going to speak a blessing over you and we'll hit the road. Sound good? Hey, thanks for hanging out so long. It was long-winded. Goodness. All of a sudden it's like... Hey, that's the last time we ever had Dave here. My stomach almost ate itself. Plus, the Methodists beat us out of church today. What in the world? Okay. Has anybody ever liked just a little bit of hillbilly music like that? Man, I love that stuff. I used to hate that stuff, too. And I was working this hardwood floor job where it's all they played, like 24-7, super loud. It was just like every day. 
Oh, I was out of my mind about it. About four months into it, I, I caught myself one day. I was like, <laughs> like five months in, I was like, I got to go down to ranch wholesale and get me some boots, you know? It's like, what's wrong with me? I got bit by some kind of weird country bug. Something. I don't know what happened. It's beautiful unless you hate country, you know? And then it's like, I hate that guy. But it sure is fun to play, though. Okay, <clears throat> the blessing. I want to invite you to do this. You don't have to, but just give it a shot. Probably won't kill you. Just open up your hands like this. <laughs> May Jesus bless you. Not the idea of Jesus, not the concept of Jesus, not the philosophy of Jesus. Not Jesus, the religious guy. May Jesus, our God and Savior Jesus, may Jesus bless you. May he place his hands on you and confer to you some of the goodness that he carries. In fact, he's already done that because He's given you the Holy Spirit of God. When you surrendered your life to Him, He filled you with the Spirit so that you can walk around and do kingdom mischief all over the earth. His hand and His blessing is on you. So today, may Jesus bless you. May He keep you. Make His face shine upon you. May He be gracious to you, empowering you with the Holy Spirit so you can do what He made you to do, and more importantly, just be who He made you to be. May your identity be so clear to you. And may you get your identity from the Father. May His presence be with you. Just walking around with His presence. Carriers. Couriers. Ambassadors. Reconcilers. Just the people of God rolling around doing the things of God in the power of the Spirit of God with the love of the Son of God empowering them. May, those, may you be those people. And may He give you His peace. Peace to you in your bodies, in your soul, in your spirit, in your relationships, in your finances in your dreams, in your losses, in your pain, in the confusion, wherever season that you find yourself, peace to you in Jesus' name. I declare peace over your past. I speak peace into your present, into this moment. And I speak peace over your future in Jesus' name. Can you join me and say amen? Amen. What a pleasure to be with you this morning. Thank you so much for your patience and for your friendship. Mark? Okay, great. Uh, let's get in the circle. We'll put our hands in and we'll say, uh, let's, let's say four on three. One, two, three, four. Okay, good. All right, hey, bless you. See you later. Dad jokes. 